Good morning. Good morning, church family. You know, they used to say in the old church, let the church say amen. <laughs> I used to like when they said that. Let the church say amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, um, for your love for us, Lord. You, you, you give us joy, Lord, through the Spirit. Lord, um, we can enjoy who you are, Lord, and enjoy the, one another in the body of Christ. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would um, speak to us, Lord. Um, Lord, your greatest desire for us, Lord, is that you can live your life through us. And so, Father, Lord, we desire to lay it down, Lord, and, and Jesus, Lord, only by hearing and obeying your word, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, you will speak to us, Lord. Uh, the things we know, Lord, confirm those things. Make them an anchor to our soul. And the things we don't, Lord, um, make them fresh and new to us, Lord, that we could um, hear your voice continually, Lord. Speak louder to us than the world we live in, Lord, today, Lord. And, Pray for the world we live in. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Lord, we pray for the nation of Israel, Lord. Um, and Lord, and we pray, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit, Lord. We, we need more of the spirit upon this nation. Pour out your spirit, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray you would keep us, Lord. And as David prayed, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, I do pray. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. If you have a Bible, turn with us to Mark chapter 6. I'll read down to verse 29 and we'll come back and try to make some sense out of this. It says, Now King Herod heard of him, for his name had become well known, and he said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead, and therefore these powers are at work in him. Others said, It is Elijah. And others said, it is the prophet, or like one of the prophets. But when Herod heard, he said, this is John, whom I beheaded. He has been raised from the dead. For Herod himself had sent and laid hold of John and bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For he had married her, because John had said to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife, Therefore Herodias held it against him and wanted to kill him, but she could not, for Herod feared John, knowing that he was a just and holy man, and he protected him. And when he heard of him, he did many things and heard him gladly. Then an opportune day came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a feast for his nobles, the high officials, and the chief men of Galilee. And when Herodias' daughter herself came in and danced and pleased Herod and those who sat with them, the king said to the girl, Ask me whatever you ask, and I will give it to you. He also swore to her, Whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. So she went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask? And she said, The head of John the Baptist. Immediately she came and with haste to the king and asked him, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on the platter. And the king was exceedingly sorrowful, yet because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he did not want to refuse her. Immediately the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought, and he went and beheaded him in prison. 
brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl, and the girl gave it to her mother. When his disciples heard of it, they came and took away his corpse and laid it in a tomb. You know, this is interesting because when do you say something about sin and when you don't say something about sin? Because it's only four words that got John killed. It is not lawful. It's not lawful. When do you tell somebody, hey, it's not lawful. It's not, you know, you look through the Old Testament, you've seen some of the laws broken by some of the saints in regards to standing on God's word and not bowing down to a, a false God. You think about like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When the king of Babylon made a decree that everybody, when they hear the music, they should bow down. And they said, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We don't care what the law says. We're not doing that. We have a greater law. We have a greater law. You know, it's almost Daniel. When Daniel, when they say, you know, they said, you know, it's a new law. Daniel's, you know, Daniel 610. This is as it was his custom. You know, he opened up his window and prayed. He didn't care what the law was. That was on the good side of it. But here on this side, it's interesting that John the Baptist was on the good side too, but do you say things about certain things if it's going to get you in trouble? As a believer, do you say, you know, if you have a friend, they, they lying or they're a fornicator, do you say, look, you know, you shouldn't be sleeping with that girl or you shouldn't be sleeping with that guy. You, you know, or you shouldn't be at the happy hour. You say you're a Christian. Why are you at the happy hour coming home drunk and, and, you, and Sunday you're at church saying, praise the Lord, hallelujah. You know, it, do you say, you know, do you say something as a Christian? You know, here John, well respected by Herod, you know, known by Herod, John, you know, he, his ministry wasn't that he, he sent out flyers to get people to come here and preach. No, they came to him. You know, he was filled with the spirit. Luke tells us in Luke chapter 1, verse 17, he came in the spirit of Elijah. So he comes with power. You know, he had a mother, the supernatural birth of John. You know, he, you know, Elizabeth and Zacharias was barren, and they have this son named John the Baptist, the baptizer, Jesus' cousin. He's Jesus' second cousin. You know, and so the story is, you know, we think you, you look at this and you say, well, hold up. If I say something to the wrong people, it could cost me my head. Yeah, it could. It could. It could. And here in verse 14, it says, Now King Herod, this is Herod Antipas, who reigned from 4 B.C. to about A.D. 39. He loved the title king. You know, he's the son of Herod the Great. Herod the Great was a wicked man, had a bunch of kids. Herod the Great was his father who, you know, he died, got eaten alive by worms. You know, he was a wicked man. He was in good with Rome. Rome gave him, you know, Arab territories and so forth. He had sons. Herod Antipas here in this verse is called Herod the Titrake in, you know, Matthew 14, 1 and Luke 9, 7. He's called the Titrake, which means one-fourth. 
He was given one-fourth. When Herod had sons, he gave this particular son one-fourth of a kingdom was given to him by his father before his father died. His father was really wicked. Herod the Great was a short guy, Lord short guy, probably in the Napoleon complex. But he was, he was so wicked that even on his deathbed, people hated him so much, it was, he stunk on his deathbed. But he ordered other people to be killed so the whole land would mourn because of the other people making it look like they were mourning over his death. That's how wicked he was. So this boy, Herod Antipas, as he grows up, he came from a, a not a good godly family. He's not Jewish. He's called king of the Jews. Herod is not, you know, he's a Dumian. Most scholars believe that the Dumians are descendants of Esau. So here's this, now King Herod Antipas, heard of him, meaning Christ, for his name it became well known, and he said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead. You know, and it's interesting, he says, John the Baptist risen from the dead. Christ is on the scene doing miracles. If you remember John the Baptist, his public ministry only lasted six months. He never performed one miracle. Not one miracle did he ever perform. Herod Antipas is fooling himself because he was in cahoots with the Sadducees. The Sadducees were the wealthier family within Israel. You, had, you know, the Sanhedrin had the Sadducees and the Pharisees, but the Sadducees, most of the high priests were Sadducees. Most believe that he was in cahoots with these guys. So he would have believed what the Sadducees believe. You know, in Acts chapter 23, verse 8, they didn't believe in the resurrection. So he's just talking out of the side of his mouth when he says that he heard of him. It's interesting, it says he heard of Jesus, like many people today. A lot of people heard of Jesus, but they won't believe in him. They won't even believe in his name. You know, when John writes this gospel, he says, but these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. He heard about him. How many people you know heard about Jesus? Oh, you tell them about Jesus, but they're not going to receive Jesus. Just a nice, you know, oh, that's yeah, nice. Good for you, Chris. Hey, God bless you. That's good for you. There's so many people when they hear about Jesus, they don't want to hear about Jesus because they don't want to know Jesus. It says he heard of him for his name had become well known. You know, his fame spread through all, all the region of Galilee. Galilee was the region where Herod Antipas oversaw in Perea. So here, Jesus' name spread all out through Galilee. We know that by Mark chapter 1, verse 28. And he said, John the Baptist is risen from the dead. He was perplexed. It says, and therefore these powers are at work in him. Others said, it is Elijah. It could be Elijah because remember, Elijah didn't see death. Elijah was taken up on the chariots of fire in a whirlwind, remember? He was raptured. So it could be, he could think it was Elijah. Elijah never died. And then he says, and others said, it is the prophet. And like one of the prophets, but when Herod heard, he said, this is John, notice what he says, whom I beheaded, he has been raised from the dead. Or oh, one day John will be raised from the dead. So that interesting? All of us who know Christ, we will be raised. Isn't that something to be Christ? Because Christ is the resurrection. 
Though we die, we may live. He told Martha, don't you believe this? Look, we'll all be resurrected one day. And for the unbeliever, the person that don't know Jesus Christ, they will be resurrected too. You read Daniel chapter 12 and you read John chapter 5. You know, the resurrection of the just and the resurrection of the unjust, everybody's going to be resurrected, but it depends on what judge you stand before. You know, when the dead, great and small, it says in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 14, I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the Lord. That, that's resur they resurrected, they'll stand before the Lord. Those who don't know the Christ, the books were open, the names wasn't written in the book of life, Herod will be right there with them. Do you imagine that day? It's called the great white throne judgment. And Herod says, yeah, I know John, this is the John I beheaded. He has been raised from the dead, for Herod himself has sent and laid hold of John. He's given some history of what happened. And bound him in prison for the sake of Herodias. Notice, his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her. You know, Herodias married Philip, you know, who was her half uncle. She moved to Rome. But Herod Antipas was 17 years old when his father died. You know, he ends up taking a trip to Rome. He sees Antipas, I mean, she, he sees um, Herodias, um, Herod Antipas sees Herodias, sees her, Philip's wife, falls in love with her. Falls in love with his brother's wife. How crazy is that? For his, for his brother Philip's wife, for he had married her, and because this is why John got thrown into prison, because John had said to Herod, four words, it is not lawful. And then he had son, for you to have your brother's wife. It is not lawful for you to marry your sister-in-law. That's crazy. And he's, I can, you know, he's just arrogant. I can marry who I want to marry. Now, according to the Mosaic law, in Leviticus, people say, oh, why do people read the book of Leviticus? No, 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 you should know the book of Leviticus. Every Christian should read 27 chapters. Every Christian should know the book of Leviticus because it sets a foundation for morality. It sets a strong foundation for morality. And the world we live in today wants nothing to do with the, Lev the Levitical law. It's still the word of the living God. Wants nothing to do with the Levitical law. In the book of Leviticus, John says it's not lawful. He's saying it's not lawful according to God. He said it's not law. He uses the word law. It means permitted. It's not permitted. He said, it is not permitted according to the Mosaic law, according to the word of God. Herod said, it is permitted because I'm a king. I can do whatever I want to do according to man's standard. See how the world thinks? The world says, hey, we got a standard. We make our own rules. God says, let me tell you something. Here's the standard. You know, because remember when Elijah, Elijah had the same problem. He goes to um, wicked Ahab and Jezebel, remember? 
And he went, you know, before them and he looked at Ahab. Because you know why he went to them. Most people don't realize how he went to them. When you read the book of James, James says that Elijah prayed. He was a man like we were. He prayed that it wouldn't rain for three years and six months on the land. It didn't rain for three years and six months on the land. So he prayed before he went into that temple precinct. And he told Ahab, he says, there will be neither dew nor rain except at my word. And left. And, you know, later on, Jezebel said, let me tell you something. By the time you get to 1 Kings chapter 19, and tomorrow this time I'm going to have your head, I'm going to kill you. Because he spoke the truth. The only reason why Israel could ever have a drought is because of sin. It was a nation. Everything was predicated on their relationship with God. And as Christians, we should think that way. Everything that we do is predicated on our relationship and obedience to the living God. And here you have the John the Baptist. It is not lawful. It is not permitted because of the word of God. And you might say, well, where in the world is that in the Bible? You know, people always say, well, prove it to me. Well, in Leviticus chapter 18, verse 16, it says, you shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife. It is your brother's nakedness. In Leviticus, in one other place, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 21, if a man takes his brother's wife, it is an unclean thing. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness. They shall be childless. God said, I'll make them barren. The world has tried its best to shut up the church. How many things do we see around us on a daily basis that are not lawful? And yet we compromise and say nothing. We say, oh, none of my business. Look, I know they go to our church. I don't have nothing to do with that. They, you know, I don't have nothing to do with it. And, and we live like that. And then the other part of it is, well, mind your own business. Okay, I understand that. But when people are in sin, they should be challenged. They should be challenged when they're living in sin. They should know and say, hey, that's not lawful or what? Because the word of God said so. When my son was a kid, I told him, look, these are the rules, not because I'm a pastor, when you was born, I wasn't even a pastor. These are the rules because we want to honor God's word. These are the rules in our household because of the word of God, not because my title or whatever that seems. That's nothing anyway. You can't do this in this house. You can do this, but not in this house. You know, some kids, they can't wait to leave home. All these rules, man, I can't do nothing. You know when the kids say they can't do nothing, you know what they're really saying? They won't let me sin peaceful like everybody else. That's what that really means. I can't do nothing. And to, look, to tell people the truth, it can change relationships. It can change relationships. And, you know, and it can expel us from the public eye or we could get fired at work and, and called narrow minded and bigot and all those things that the world calls us now. We we are the antiquated Victorian people. Oh, that's old fashioned. You know, you can read the Bible and come to church. I don't believe people read their Bible and I don't believe none. Hey, let me tell you something. We have way more insight than the world could ever have just through God's word. I don't have to look at CNN to know what's coming in the future. I have the Bible. And John said, it's not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. Therefore, Herodias held it against him. 
Don't make no woman mad. They got a memory like an elephant. She held it against him. She didn't do nothing right then and there and wanted to kill him. And so she wanted to kill him, but she could not. Look, Jesus told his disciples that they will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time will come that whoever kills you will think that they offer God, they offers, is offering God service. They're doing God a favor. But she could not, for Herod feared John. He feared the influence that John had, thinking it might be an upheaval or an insurrection or something like that might happen if he did kill him. He feared John, knowing that he was a just and holy man. He protected him, and when he heard of him, he did many things and heard him gladly. Notice Herod was one of those type of people who was convicted when they heard the truth, but not convinced enough to obey the truth. I'm convicted. Yeah, I'm convicted. I'm sure that I'm convicted. But I am not convinced to make action on that conviction. This is what Herod did. This is then an opportune. It's your keros in the Greek, an opportune, a, a strategic or a timely day, a strategic day. Then an opportune day came when Herod, on his birthday, gave a feast. Now, I don't know if you know anything about Bible customs and manners, but I guarantee you at this feast, it was a lot of blang blang, pompous circumstances. It was people coming in there, all these, you, you imagine, you see the Grammys, how they dress, and they, some of the stuff is despicable. And they say, this is the new fashion. Look what Jennifer Lopez just wore, somebody like that, or some star or something come out with. Nothing on, really, but just something they called something on. And, 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 and here, this was one of those kind of gatherings where you had the prominent, the powerful, the wealthy. He gives this feast. And you know what else is at this feast? A lot of liquor. I guarantee there's a lot of liquor there. And they are going to get pickled. Because it's his birthday. You know how people think on their birthday, just do anything. Most people try to kill themselves on their birthday. They don't even know it. It says, the day came when Herod on his birthday gave a feast, gave his own suffer. You can see how arrogant it is. He gave himself a feast on his own birthday. Isn't that something? For his nobles, the high officers, and the chief men of Galilee, that's the region he ruled, and when Herodias' daughter came you know, daughters herself came in and danced. I don't know what kind of dance this is. I hate to even imagine what it was. But I know it was one of them dances that, well, let me shut up. And please, Herod, and those who sat with him, the king said to the girl, ask me whatever you want and I will give it to you. What kind of mother is her? What kind of mother will let her daughter come in and dance with a bunch of drunken men? What kind of mom is she? Herodias is just trash. What kind of mom would just all oh, go in there or make your daughter a go-go dancer or something? And it said it pleased them. We don't know what she did. But whatever she did, it has rocked his world. Whatever she did. And it's interesting, it says, you know, how did she please him? We don't know, 
but it influenced his decision making from this point forward. We don't know exactly what she did. The Bible doesn't tell us. It's so despicable. I probably didn't even want to put it on the pages. Ask whatever you want and I will give it to you. He also swore to her, whatever you ask me, I will give you up to half of my kingdom. Little did he know it wasn't really his kingdom. This is God's world. He's just a puppet. So she went out and said to her mother, what shall I ask? And she said, notice what her request is, the head of John the Baptist. This is not the daughter, the daughter name, most scholars know the daughter name is Salome. This is not Salome's request. This is her mom's request through Salome. Her mom said, look, give me that guy head. Why? Because he's the one that said, it's not lawful for me to be married to Herod Antipas. That's why I want his head. Could you imagine, imagine the daughter probably said, I just danced. I didn't know she wanted the man to kill. And it says, immediately she came in with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist. And then she has a specific request on a platter. You know how crazy that is? Imagine seeing somebody head on a platter. They don't even know what they're doing to themselves because the rest of their life they're going to see John the Baptist hit on the platter. You ever saw something that you never forgot? I remember this, this man got killed. I was, I was, I'm clear, I'm 10. He got killed right at 24th and Master. I will never forget Seeing him laying on the ground, he was dead. He only had a little cut in his chest, like right here. And it says it punctured something and he died. The lady that killed him lived on my block. And it was like a story, you know, the, and you can see the cops taking her off and the kids crying, saying, no, mom, no. I never forgot that at 10 years old. It's just so vivid in my mind. I'll never forget that picture of that man laying in the street dead. I never forgot that picture. And could you imagine seeing somebody head on a platter the rest of your life? You're going to think about this godly man who loved the Lord, who stood up for truth, who said it's not lawful for you to take your brother's wife, and who just told them exactly what the word, what thus says the Lord. He gets put to death for telling the truth. Do you realize that we may get put to death for telling the truth? Do you realize that? Do you realize that the days are coming in here in this country? They already came. The truth, you know, Isaiah says, woe to the nation who cause good evil and evil good. In Isaiah chapter 5. Woe. And we live in a nation right now. You go to work and start talking about Bible. Get that stuff. Nobody want to hear that Jesus stuff. Get that stuff out of here. Or you go to, you know, somewhere, they have Halloween parties. You know, now the Christmas got to be a holiday party. Can't be a Christmas party, a holiday party. Oh, I'm going Christmas shopping. Now you go, oh, I'm going holiday shopping. That's just nonsense. 
You can never say anything about the things that pertain to Christ in public that people say, oh, that's nice. No, it's almost like Christians now are being shut up. Don't talk about Jesus. Don't talk about Christmas. Don't talk about the cross. Don't talk about the things that have eternal value. Don't tell people about Jesus at work, even if the Lord prompts you to. Look, if the Lord prompts you to tell somebody about Christ, even at work where they say, no witnessing at this job. Don't talk about Jesus in this place. I've done it so many times. They send me down to corporate office all the time. Here we go now. I'm telling people about Jesus. You know, the lady told me one day, she said, well, what did you tell those people? She me in this little room. Could you imagine that? We heard you telling people about Jesus. I said, yeah. How many of these people go to your church? I said, I'll answer that question if you ask me my question. How many of y'all went to the, 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 the guy's kid's party last week, the bar mitzvah? She looked at me like, I said, if you don't answer my question, I'm not answering yours. We should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God into salvation. And we have so many Christians, they're afraid to say something, just something. They can be in a real tight place, almost like it's like you're rubbed in it between, you know, and it's between a heart rock and a heart place, almost like a two-edged sword, and you're right in the middle. And it's almost like, well, do I say something? If I say something, I might get in trouble. Well, hold up, who do you want to be in trouble with? The world or disobeying God? There are those moments when God says, stand up and say something. And a lot of times we just give a blind eye to it. Look, I don't have nothing to do with it. I don't have nothing to do with that. Look, at that guy beating his girlfriend up, I don't have nothing to do with it. Look, I ain't look. Jeez. Sometimes we have to stand up. And I'm not saying be foolish. I'm saying be wise. But there are times we have to stand up as Christians. Because here this guy wanted this, you know, this woman wanted his head because she didn't like what she heard from the word of God. That's what all this stemmed from, the word of God. Isn't that interesting? It's just the word of God. It's not lawful. Here's the Bible, Leviticus 20, 21, Leviticus 18. You know, and then she's like, well, I don't like the Bible. The world, the world is against us because of the word of God. This is always under attack. Don't you understand it? This is what's under attack. This is what the greatest attack is against God's word. And the world hates his word because it hates him. She comes in immediately, it says, in verse 25, she came in with haste to the king and asked, saying, I want you to give me at once the head of John the Baptist on the platter. And the king, this is Herod Antipas, was exceedingly sorrowful, you know, Luke doesn't say it like that, Mark, Matthew neither, but exceedingly sorrowful. He was sorrowful, but not repentant. Godly sorrow produces repentance. We know that from 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9. He was exceedingly sorrowful, yet because of the oaths, notice the oaths, plural, and because of those who sat with them. In other words, look, this king's pride is on trial in front of all of his guests, knowing he did what was wrong, yet he's going to do it anyway. I got to go through with it, man. Look, man, I don't want people to make think I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a chump. That's how wicked the world is. Almost like Pilate, remember? 
He says, Jesus, three times, Pilate, when he's met Jesus, you know what he says three times? I find no fault in this man. The last time he says, I find no fault in this man at all. Yet because of the crowd and, and all the political stuff that was going behind the scene, he says, look, if I don't, if I don't, if, look, if I let this Jesus go afraid, my political status is at state, I will not do it. And because of that, Pilate said, who do you guys want? And the crowd said, give us Barabbas. Bar's son, Abba, son of the, you know, of the father of all lies. They took him instead of Christ, Barabbas. And here he says that, look, because of the people, because of those around him who sat with him, he did not refuse her. Look, trying to impress and is never better than to do the right thing. Trying to impress people is never better than doing the right thing. Never. And it says that immediately the king sent. He didn't even wait. Because he didn't want his conscience to grow, you know. You know, something, that's wrong, that's wrong. He didn't even wait. Immediately, he says, the king sent an executioner and commanded his head to be brought. And he went and beheaded him in prison. John the Baptist don't know nothing about this. He's already in prison. And could you imagine, you come in, you're sitting there. Hey, hey, come on, you, buddy. What you want, what you need me for? Tie him down. Chop his head right off. Could you imagine that? It says Paul was beheaded. The apostle Paul was beheaded. That guillotine, that thing, you know, they used to ask the question, well, what would you rather be, crucified or beheaded? Whichever one is fastest, I guess. Not crucifixion. But could you imagine, and he went and beheaded him in prison. John was beheaded. Yet he was set free from the bondage of prison. You know, the bondage found in this world. Look, absent from the body, present with the Lord to live as Christ, to die as gain. So John had gained something that day. But the rest of Herodias' life, the rest of Herod Antipas' life, the rest of Solomon's life, their whole little family or whatever they were, you know, the rest of their whole lives, they saw John head on the platter. And could you imagine the nightmares they must have had? Trying to go to sleep. How oh God is John? You know, imagine that. It's nothing like having a bad nightmare. And it wakes you up. I remember my wife got married. We went on a honeymoon to Jamaica in the grill. And we kept walking past this lady. And she kept making all these crazy noise. They had these roasted pig. And you see the whole pig on the table. She's like, oink, oink, oink. Come get your pig. Come get your pig. Come get your pig. Come get your pig. And you know, you eat so much, you know, it's all inclusive. You just eat until you can't see no more. And you go back to your room, and we just married. And I had a nightmare about a pig chasing me. And I wake up in the mind, say, ah, Gabby, help me. And I'm running. So I say, hold the wait, wait. She holding me down. I said, no, get off of me. The pig is chasing me. It wasn't a pig. It was a nightmare, you know. Just imagine having a nightmare of John the Baptist's head on the platter. And here John is in heaven. He's gone. Jesus said, there's never been anyone greater than John born of woman. He's the only prophet they prophesy about. 
In Malachi and in Isaiah chapter 40, he's the only prophet that they spoke of. The one in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. This is John the Baptist coming in the power of Elijah. John the baptizer. John. He loved the Lord. He didn't fit in with the world. Ate, you know, wore camel hair, ate, you know, locusts. He was different. He looked nothing like the world. And the world hated him. The world hated him. Look, if the world, look, friendship with the world, the Bible tells us in James chapter 4, verse 4, is enmity with God. That there should, should be a separation. It's almost like a line of demarcation. There's a separation there. You know, the word demarcation comes from is a word that's made in regards to the, the you know, the, the borderline between Spain and Portugal. Is that one line. And there's a line that separates us. And we should be separated from the world in that way. When the world sees us, they say, they are different. There is something different about them. Something is different. John is risen from the dead. No, John is going to heaven right now. He said he was risen from the dead. You have it all mixed up. Well, if he was risen from the dead, why did you go chop his head off? You think you can kill the body, but you can't kill the soul? Rather, they should fear, fear the one who can kill the body and the soul, as this is in Matthew chapter 10. And here John, he went and beheaded him in prison, brought his head on a platter and gave it to the girl. And the girl gave it to her mother because she's the one who wanted. And you know what the mother probably said? Yes, mission accomplished. Wasn't no mission accomplished. This was John's role was, look, the best man in his Jewish wedding was the one that prepared the way for the, for the, for the, uh, for the groom. John's ministry was only to prepare the way. John and Jesus was never going to coexist. He just did his job and he was done. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Good. And John is gone. And his head is brought in on a platter. When his disciples heard it, they came and took away his corpse and laid it in a tomb. This all happened. You know why this happened? Because John said, this is not lawful. What would have happened to us for us saying it is not lawful? What would have happened to us if we say it's not lawful? What would have happened for us? You know, we, we're in a world that it's not lawful to preach. It's not lawful to worship. It's not some countries. If you go to Cyprus, if you go to Armenia, if you go to North Korea, it is illegal to homeschool. You have some countries that's illegal to homeschool. They want everybody to have the government's ideologies. It is illegal in some countries to even homeschool. You say, well, why is that illegal? Because they want people to think a certain way. And anything outside that way of thinking, you're almost as like, you're like a tyrant. Or you're like, a, you know, some type of irritant or some type of person that's ready to create some upheaval or, or something different. And the world we live in today is getting smaller and smaller and accepting who we are as believers. And you better know that when you go out in the real world. Because the real world is not saying, give me Jesus. And we should know that because, look. This is why we should know this. Jesus, the night before he was crucified, he took his disciples in that upper room 
And I think one of the greatest things about that discourse, John, an old man in his 90s, writes about it, details. But John says something that I think that most believers, they never grab hold of because most believers say, oh, why they don't like me? Why, why the world don't like me? And why I really, I've been good to those friends of mine at work. I never did nothing to nobody in there and they just hate me in this place. Why is the job so mean to me? Why, why in the world? Because I just said that, you know, I, it, it, can we pray in this place? And no prayer meets around, hey, don't bring that prayer stuff here. Take it out of school. Replace it with, you know, metal detectors, though. You know why? Because Jesus told us, and all of us should pay attention to this. He says, look, if the world hates you, know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute me, they will persecute you also. That's normal. That should not be abnormal that the world wants nothing to do with the church. That is, should not be abnormal. That should be normal. That should be normal. If you say, this is not lawful, hey, you know, no, no, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, reprove them. It says in Ephesians 5.11, you know, rather expose them, reprove them. Criticize, the word really means to correct. And it's interesting that you can live your whole life as a Christian and go through nothing. But if you don't go through nothing, you better check the gauge on what type of Christian you are. Because if you don't go through anything, you need to wonder. The Bible says many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us from them all. In this world, you have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. You know what most people think? That their life should be perfect, that they should sing on the choir, give some money in church, wear a nice white robe, and die and go to heaven. That is not the reality of Christianity. If you choose to live godly, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy, you shall suffer persecution. Y'all realize that? You shall suffer persecution persecution. If you choose to live ungodly, you might not never face persecution. But if you choose to live godly, you shall suffer persecution. And God gets so much glory in that too. When they persecuted the church in Acts chapter 8, the church was scattered. And it says Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ to them. And and it was great joy in that city, Acts 8, 8, you know. And you think about persecution in the wrong way. John is gone. John is gone. He said, well, John, why did you open your mouth? John, you would have still been here. John, you would have, you should have never. You know, people are probably at the funeral. If he would have just shut up. If he would have just shut up. John said, I have to say, thus says the Lord. Because I serve the Lord. I don't work for people. Even if I do work for somebody who think they're my boss, I still serve the Lord while I'm there. What are you afraid to tell people? What are you afraid to tell people? Look, you know people out here. What are you afraid to tell people? Like, you'd be like, look, if I tell my friend, I might not be, they might not be my friend no more. The Bible says, look, in Ephesians 4.15, you speak the truth, but it's done in love. That it's done in love. 
That is a sense of love, is a sense of love that, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. It's a sense of love. You speak the truth in love, but don't hold back speaking the truth, but just know how to say it. Not this girl, you know, made a mess of your life. Get yourself together, you know, not that kind of stuff. Honey, look, God, got, you know, God has a better plan for your life. You don't have to live like this. You live in below what God has called you to be. Same person, different road. Our words, look, our words have, you know, a, a sense of they can bring peace. You know, they can be fit rightly. Right in a person's heart where they could hear the love of God. Herodias was so far from the things of God, she could not hear the love of God. Even being corrected, she didn't want to hear it. Herod didn't want to hear it. And I'm sure they both died and never even saw what God could have given them in their life. Don't be afraid to tell the truth. God gets glory out of it. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up as we pray. Father, we thank you for your love for us, Lord. Thank you for your grace today, Lord. Thank you for the privilege of you, Lord, being the one who gives us everything we need for salvation. Lord, um, let us never be at those, Lord, who are ashamed to tell people the truth. But Lord, let us be those, Lord, who are, 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 are lovers of people, souls so much that we care about their well-being in such a way we will tell them the truth. And not to look better than them, Lord. But to realize that the truth will set us free. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, thank you for this study. Thank you, Lord, that we get a chance to Really, really love you. And so, Lord, bless each person here, Lord, I pray, Lord. Give us wisdom in the world we live in. Lord, let us be a great witness to the lost world, Lord. Let us be good stewards of those in the lost world. Let us be those, Lord, who are not afraid. Lord, you didn't give us the spirit of fear, but the power of love and of a sound mind. And so, Lord, I pray, Lord, we love you. We honor you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. It's in your great name we pray and for his sake. Amen.